Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Talk about this morning, just as we uh, get ready for this month that is coming upon us. Like I said, we have our church dedication, which is this going to be such an awesome time for us to remember and celebrate and just thank God for what he's done. And then with the dedication or excuse me, the grand opening rather. So again, we're just excited to be able to partner together and do what God's calling us to do. But obviously it takes people. We do it as a team. And you realize that God, <clears throat> God always causes us to step out by faith, Right. This whole journey of this life is a life of faith, just merely trusting God. And sometimes that's a really challenging thing when we just go through the storms of life, isn't it? And all of us do. But nevertheless, God is faithful. If we could just remind ourselves that God is faithful, that would do us well. And there's something to be said for remembering and putting ourselves in remembering and uh, in remembrance and there's something to be said for celebrating the wins do you know what that means when we have things to to celebrate whether they be, be big or small that we purpose and are intentional in celebrating them I can't say that I'm necessarily the best in doing that just because I put my head down and just move on to the next thing. It's like, well, yep, we got it done. Let's go on. But it's important for us to really celebrate the moments to recognize God's hand and God's faithfulness in our life. You know, as I was thinking about just getting ready and thinking about this idea of celebrating the wins and just uh, bringing those things to remembrance to, to have as a memorial in our life, I, I started to think back to when I was a kid and I was in some athletics while I was in uh, karate. And maybe some of you have been in athletics when you were a younger uh, individual, maybe cheerleading or something of that nature. Maybe it was academics, but nevertheless, what you purpose to find enjoyment in, whether it was the athletics or uh, academics or whatever, maybe you did it on a competitive level to where when you competed at the end of the competition, if you found yourself being successful, whether it was individual or team sport, if you did well and you placed well, you sometimes got a trophy. I know that's taboo nowadays because everybody wins. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but there was a time where we, we got trophies and you, you fought and you played hard for the trophies because you wanted the recognition of being the best, whether you came in first or second or third. And so just thinking about that, just in terms of those trophies that they give you, one, it serves as a purpose to share with you or to reward you for your success in winning whatever that was. But then that trophy that you put up on a shelf, it serves as a reminder of that day that you won, right? It serves as a reminder that that was a good day. You had success that day. And so as I said, you know, as a young boy, uh, I was always in karate. And so over the years, I did lots of, of competing in different areas of martial art. And so I did okay and had some trophies. And, you know, you set them up and over time, it just seems like a lifetime ago. And so it was just a matter of a few years ago that I, just, I started throwing some of those trophies away just because they were just in the way and you just got tired of looking at them. And so in regards to those trophies, the memories of those trophies are gone. But there's one in particular thing 
that I kept that is very special to me. And it was a picture of Pat Johnson. And when I was probably 18 years old, I got to go down to West Virginia and I got to train with Pat Johnson. And Pat Johnson was the one that trained the Karate Kid, the original one. And he was in the movie and uh, he wasn't the little oriental fella. He was the guy that was the center referee at the very end of the movie. That was Pat Johnson. And so I got to train with him for a week and then I actually got to fight where he was my center referee. And then after I got done, he's like, man, good fight guy. And that meant so much to me. But as I left, he gave me a signed uh, autographed picture of him with the Karate Kid. And that just was one of those memories that meant a lot because I got to experience something special. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I've golfed throughout the years. My dad and I, we used to do a lot of golfing together and uh, doing some tournaments, and we did all right. So you get some golf trophies, and the golf trof- trof- trophies, they kind of start collecting dust as well. But there's one in particular thing that really kind of this is a memory for me, and that was a picture of my dad and a couple other guys that served on a team, or we played on a team together, and we actually won the competition. And so that sets up on my bookshelf. And it serves as a reminder of a good day where we won, we played good golf, I was with dad, and again, it just serves as a memory. But in regards to all the trophies or all the things that I've ever accomplished, one of the things concerning a trophy that I did hang on to was a trophy that went way back to the early 80s. I was in Bible quizzing when I was a young boy, my mom was the, uh, was the coach uh, she, she coached us to a, a winning year. I was in it for three years. And the last year, we won the state championship. But at the end of that state championship, not only did our team win the state championship, they recognized individual quizzers. And I was recognized as the top quizzer in the entire state of Michigan. Now, I don't say that to brag, but that trophy symbolizes a lot of hard work. A lot of time spent in the Word of God, memorizing Scripture. And more than anything, that trophy serves as a memory as to me being a young boy, being trained in ministry to come to in, come into my own and being the man of God that God's called me to be. And that trophy serves as a memory of the faithfulness of God as to what He was doing way back then to get me to the place of where I'm at now. And all of us have those things that we remember, things that are special to you. Maybe it's wedding pictures or baby pictures. Maybe it's the baby shoes or the knickknacks that you might have. I remember my grandfather uh, always wore this fur hat. And my cousin and I, we'd always fight over this fur hat because we just liked it. It's an ugly hat, but we just fought over it. Well, when my grandfather passed away, they said, hey, do you want the hat? It was all tattered and beat up. And I'm like, I want that hat. I still got grandpa's hat. It's ugly. It's tucked away somewhere. But that is a fond memory that I always spent with grandpa, that his hat was special to us. Maybe concerning your own individual life, maybe it's a wedding ring that you wear in your hand that symbolizes a time that was so good. Maybe, it was a, maybe it's a symbol that reminds you of, even though there are some hard times and some rough waters, that... We'll get through it and this too shall pass. It serves of better days and it serves as better days ahead. Are you tracking with me? But see, this idea of 
having memories and, and purposing to keep ourselves in remembrance of things, that's not unique to us as human beings. Really, that's a characteristic of God. God is always purposed to try to bring us back to a place of remembering. And as I said, if we're purpose, going to purpose to live this life of faith to where we have success in life, we are going to have to continually live in a place of remembering. You know, Paul said this, forgetting those things that lay behind, but pressing on to the upward calling and the prize that lies ahead. The things that he's talking about is all the challenges and the struggles that are behind. Let's move on forward to the prize that's ahead of us. But see, God is always wanting us to keep in remembrance of his faithfulness. And if we don't purpose to remember how faithful God has been in the past, when we come against something in the present, we'll find ourselves shaking at the knee. We'll find ourselves getting into worry and strife. So it's important for us to remember. And I want to bring your attention to Genesis chapter 9, verse 13. If you remember, there was a time in our civilization where the world had gotten so wicked that God had sent a flood to the earth. And this particular verse is at the end of the flood and after everything began to settle. In verse 13, he says, I set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Notice what it said. God said, this rainbow that you see, I created it just for you. And every time you see that rainbow, it is a reminder of the covenant or the promise that I have made to you. In verse 16, it says, the rainbow shall be in the cloud and I will look on it. God speaking, I will look on it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. So not only is it a reminder for us, that rainbow is a reminder. It is to put us in remembrance of the promise that God has made to us. And God says, every time I see that rainbow, it reminds me of my love towards you. But the interesting thing about remembering is there's something about human nature that tends to always drift towards the negative. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm unique that way, but I can really easily get into the negative and start complaining and grumbling. Right? And so if you was to ask somebody, tell me your thoughts on the story of Noah and the ark. For a lot of individuals, the way that they would articulate that story is to say, well, people got really bad. God got really mad. And he flooded the earth. He wiped them out. Right? That's often the way that we hear that story depicted or how we remember it is that people got bad, God got mad, and he flooded the earth and he only saved Noah and his family, but he saved two of every kind of animal and then therefore he started over again. And that is not the truth of that story. The truth of that story is that sin had gotten to an all-time high to where it abounded in the earth. And God says, I've got to do something to bring about restoration to my people. 
And the Bible says that because God loved humanity, because of of God's mercy and faithfulness, he says, we've got to set up a system that will allow us to kind of start over. God didn't have the ability to wipe everything out clear and free and then start over. He had to do it in a legal sense because Satan was the God of this world. And so he had to allow the man that he made to begin to start again and try over. But everything about the flood is representative of God's mercy and God's love for his people. Are you hearing me this morning? Because as I said, we can always look at it, or most do, and say, that was God's judgment. No, it was God's mercy. And then at the end of his display of mercy, he said, now listen, here's a rainbow. Look at this beautiful thing. This is to remind you of my faithfulness. Every time you wonder whether or not I'm mad at you, whether you're messing up or not, when you see that rainbow, remember, I love you. And God says, well, it's going to remind me too, because I love them. I made them to have fellowship with him. And so God desires for man to remember. If we're going to live this life of faith, we have to remember the faithfulness of God. Exodus chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. This is the story of Egypt. And God told Pharaoh, he says, I want you to let my people go. And everything about that story as well was about the heart of God wanting to restore people to himself. He says, just let my people go. Just let them go. And every time the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. And if you was to ask people about that story, what do you think about that story of Moses? And what do you think about that story with Pharaoh and all that that goes along with it? Most people would say, well, people got bad. God got mad. And he started working to take care of business. But everything about that story was about the love and the mercy and the heart of God. God never intended to continually send plagues. His heart would have been that when Moses went to him right from the beginning and says, let God's people go, that he would have said, okay, I'll honor God. But the plagues came as a result of the hard-heartedness, but it was because of the mercy of God that was saying, listen, don't let it escalate. Judge yourself so that judgment don't have to come. But it kept on escalating. Sent the plagues, the frogs, the flies, The water into blood. And the last plague was the death of the firstborn. It never had to get to that place. But because of God's mercy and because of the judgment of God to get man's heart right with him. He said this is what's going to take place. Every firstborn child is going to die. It doesn't even have to come to that because, listen, I'm going to give you a way for you to escape. He said, if you'll put blood over the doorpost and over the mantle, I'll pass by and you'll experience my mercy. You'll experience my love. So even in the midst of the final judgment, God gave a way of escape for his people, for Pharaoh. Because of his love and his mercy. Look at what it says here in Exodus chapter 2 verse 13 and 14. It says, now the blood shall be a sign for you 
Let me read that again. And the blood shall be a sign for you on the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over and the plague shall not uh, shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Verse 14 says, so this day shall be to you a memorial and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by the everlasting ordinance. Notice what God said there. Human nature, as I said, is that they would say, well, God killed kids. Got so mad. But here's what God said. God says, this is my mercy. And this day shall serve as a memorial. This day will serve as a reminder of my faithfulness to you. This day will serve as a reminder of how much I love you and to the ends that I'll go to set you free. He says, in fact, I want it to be so much a part of your remembrance. Set this day as a festival and as a feast so that not only you will remember my faithfulness and my love. He said, do it so that it will go to generations and that they will remember my faithfulness. I said that if we're going to live this life of faith and be successful walking with God, we are going to have to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness. Come on, how many of you would agree that it is sometimes tough to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness? When you're going through the junk of life, when you want to just curl up in a ball, a ball and, and squall and ball, and you just want to feel sorry for yourself, it sometimes is very difficult to remind yourself of the faithfulness of God because, God, that was great then, but this is what I'm going through right now. And where are you at now? Many of us have been there. But as we begin to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness, the God of yesterday shows up in our present. Because the God of yesterday sees your future. And He wants to help you experience His love and His mercy start to finish. Can you say amen? He says, I want this to be a reminder. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 26 says this. He says, put me in remembrance. Let us contend or plead together. State your case that you may be acquitted. How many of you ever woke up in the morning and you hear this voice talking on your shoulder saying, you're just a loser. You're no good. Things aren't better. Bill's still here. You still feel like dirt warmed over. Right? How many of you know that there is that voice that will come talk to you and try to beat you down? But the Bible says God's reminding us, plead your case together. Come to me and remind me of what I've done, to you, done for you. And as you put me in remembrance, we plead a case together that you would be acquitted. Amen. See, what you're doing when you purpose to rem- remind yourself of God's faithfulness, you set yourself up for success for whatever's coming around the corner because there is something coming around the corner. Right? Did you know that the old devil is working out in front of you? He's setting up snares and potholes and just trying to, he's got some things waiting down the road. And what's down the road is a fight between you and your wife and your spouse. And he's already got it orchestrated. Right? 
But when you walk by faith and begin to put God in remembrance, God reminds you, no, you're a success. I've made you to be a family. I've made you to be whole. I've made you to experience my forgiveness. And when you purpose to live that out, you will create a generation after you that will continue to remember God's faithfulness. I've shared with you just the trophy that means a lot to me, and that's that Bible quizzing trophy because it serves as a reminder that as a child, God was shaping me and molding me. My wife has done this for quite some time. But when the kids go to bed, we will play Scripture in their rooms. One particular one that we play is called uh, God's Medicine. And it's just the healing Scriptures. It's God's promise concerning health and healing. And it's about an hour long just going through the Bible, reading the Word of God. And they have gotten to the point where that is their bedtime lullaby. And they request, hey, can you get my medicine? Can you, can you turn my medicine on, please? And it's getting in them the word of God and the promise and the covenant of God. What's it doing? It's reminding them of God's faithfulness. And so, I think it was Friday morning. My wife, she told me that they were getting ready for school. I think I'd already gone. And, and uh, she said, uh, my son was singing a song. It's going to be a great day. 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 And she said, man, he was singing this song. She said it had a melody. It had, had, had a, a, just a, a nice sound to it. And he was just belting it out. And she says, where did you learn that song? He's like, I don't know. She says, well, who taught you that song? He said, well, I just made it up. So what happened? The word was getting in him. The promise was reminding him. And when he woke up, what was coming out of him? It's going to be a great day. Because I was reminded of God's faithfulness. I was reminded of God's covenant with me. And at five years old, he's got words coming out of his mouth that is putting him in remembrance of the God that he serves. Amen. It's important for us to remember The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, it says, now may the God of peace, everybody say peace. I could juice some peace. What about you? Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Remember we said that the rainbow is a reminder of God's covenant or promise. Egypt, and when there was the Passover, it's a reminder of the covenant. And God says, the blood of Jesus is a reminder of the covenant. Did you know that God sits on the throne, and in front of God is what is called the mercy seat? And on top of the mercy seat is the blood of Jesus. God is in constant view of the blood. Why? Because he's constantly reminded of the covenant that he has with you. That blood reminds him of how much he loves you. His, that blood reminds him of how special you are, how valuable you are. That he gave his very best and that Jesus shed his blood for you. If God gave us his best, why do we think that God is trying to withhold other things? I teach in Bible school and I asked them this question the other day. I said, when it comes to you believing God, 
Is it easy to believe God for, or, or, or like having Cadillac faith or Chevette faith? Some of you don't know what a Chevette is. It was, you know. And I said, well, when it came to Jesus' sacrifice, was it a Cadillac sacrifice or was it a Chevette sacrifice? And everybody said, oh, it was a Cadillac sacrifice. It was the best of the best. There is no other sacrifice that could even compare to what Jesus did. And that sacrifice and the value of it is in front of God's face constantly reminding him of how much he loves you. And he says, put yourself in remembrance. Remind yourself because that's how much I love you. And when you remind yourself of God's faithfulness, it causes you to live life with tenacity with intentionality. William Borden was the heir to the Borden Dairy back in the 1800s. Anybody know Borden Dairy? You might have drank some of their milk at one time. He was the heir to the estate of the whole company. Rich beyond imagination. But he knew that he had a call of God on his life. And he knew that he was called to be a missionary to a people group that didn't hear or never knew Jesus or did not know who Jesus was. And so rather than stepping into the role of being an executive, being a billionaire, living the high life, he decided to live the highest life, the most rich life, and serve God. As he got over there, he ministered to many people. But he ended up getting sick and he died. They found his Bible upon him dying. And in the front of his Bible, it said, no reserve. He purposed to live life with no reserve, nothing left in the tank, nothing to fall back on. To live life to the fullest because of God's faithfulness. Come on, when you begin to remind yourself of God's faithfulness, you won't have to worry about holding back and keeping things in reserve just in case God doesn't doesn't show up or just in case God doesn't prove faithful. No, when you live knowing God is faithful, there's no reserve. Secondly, he said, there's no return. What did he mean? Nothing in that old lifestyle compares to this life with God. That lifestyle back there can't compare to the faithfulness of God here. No return. And just before he died, his last entry was no regret. When we live this life, putting ourselves in remembrance of God's faithfulness, we can live life with no reserve, no regrets, and no returns. Saying, God, it's all or nothing. But when we take that bold stance, it's not coming from a place of fear, but it's from a place of confidence. God, you're faithful because you made a promise to me. Can you say amen? Matthew chapter 26 says this. If you recall, Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross. And just before he was getting ready to go through that procedure of the triumphal entry and being beaten and having to carry the cross down Main Street and being hung on the cross. There was a group of individuals that were getting together. 
And the Bible spoke of one man, or excuse me, one woman. And in regards to this woman, she had a, 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 uh, 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 it the alabaster box, uh, a fragrant oil that was very uh, costly. And the Bible says that she anointed Jesus' feet. And what was it? A year's salary that she washed his feet with. And they complained, why did she waste all that money on washing your feet when she could have gave it to the poor? Here's what Jesus' response was. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Isn't that interesting? That what she did did not just have an immediate application. It had an application as to what was coming. The sacrifice. Preparing the sacrifice. And Jesus said, what she purposed to do, she gave out of her heart, knowing that what I was going to do was going to make an everlasting covenant or promise. And he said, because she chose to give, because she chose to serve me, there will be a memorial to her throughout all eternity. Think about that. I want God to say that about me. I want God to say that about you. I want God to say that about this church. That what we have been called and commissioned to do. That 20 million years in eternity. There's a conversation that strikes up. It says, hey, do you remember when? Down there in Flint Township. And you guys just dared to believe. You said there is no reserve, no return, and no regret. And look what took place. Because you chose to serve God and remember His faithfulness. Amen? I want God to recognize us and say that very same thing. Your sacrifice might be, in, might be being a mom and a dad. It might be that husband and wife. It might be simply finding that place to serve and say, God, I'm going to be faithful. But whatever we do, it is going to have a lasting Memorial. Your children, they're going to be a lasting memorial of what you did. Your life, your husband, your wife. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Sobering. That one day I'm going to stand before God and He's going to say, How'd you do with your wife? <laughs> um, well, I'm with Adam, that woman you gave me, you know. <laughs> He's like, oh, wait now. No, I want God to be able to celebrate what I've done, what we've done as we've lived and run this race. Amen? Psalms 37, verse 3 and 5. Do you realize that as you serve your wife, your husband, your children, your church, there is going to be countless people 
that are going to be touched because of that. There are countless people that you will not have name or knowledge of this side of eternity. But because you chose to serve God with faithfulness, there's a memorial that will honor you on the other side of glory. Psalm 37 verse 3 and 5, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Everybody say, feed on His faithfulness. What does that mean? That means i got to be intentional with ingesting it. Feed on God's faithfulness. <laughs> How many of you like some good food? I like some good eating. You know, we've been having this time of prayer and fasting, and so it's been a little light around the house. I can't wait until I can dig in. And I can't wait. Uh, probably Saganos. I don't know what that is. You know what I mean? When you get to just indulge, and you're looking forward to that time when I can just really chow down. Well, why would I say Saganos? Because I remember that I like that. And I remember that every time that I go there, it's consistent and it's good. In fact, there's scallops. Woo, come on, baby. And there's sushi. Woo, getting hungry again. Well, I'm going to feed on the faithfulness of the preparation of Saganos because I know that it's good. Well, when you remember God's faithfulness and how good he is, and as you begin to feed on that, it begins to stir faith. Whatever you're going through, this too shall pass because God is faithful. He did it then, he'll do it today. If he did it today, he'll do it tomorrow because my God is faithful. Come on, if you've only got one thing to remember, then stir it up, feed on it. You say, I don't know that God's ever done anything for me. If you receive Christ into your life, you're not going to hell. You're going to heaven. Man, that ought to cause you to run around, shout, act like a chicken with your head cut off because of God's faithfulness. I'm not going to hell. Oh, come on. Excuse me for getting a little charismatic with you. I'm telling you, when you find out and know how good God has been, it stirs you up and it causes you to act differently, doesn't it? Because God is faithful. I said, God is faithful. He says, feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Did I just read that right? I mean, I can have desires that God fulfills. I thought it's just my needs. I thought it was just the things that really are important. He said, he'll give you the desires of your heart. If I'll delight myself in him, reminding myself of his faithfulness, he says, he'll bring it to pass. And then lastly, it says this. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. To live this life, we've got to put ourselves in remembrance if we're going to walk by faith. That's something we must do individually. But just to bring this to a close, I encourage you to come celebrate with us next week. Invite somebody to come to church. Why? Because it is going to be a day of celebration. It is going to be a day of remembering. For some of you, this might be the only building that you know of GVC. 
There was a time when we had a building that could fit in this room. But God has been faithful. The years of hardship and heartache and ups and downs, God has been faithful. And he's brought us here for such a time as this. If God brought us to this place, he's not going to abandon us now. And the best is yet to come. Let's come together next week. Let's celebrate. Let's remember. Let's just have a time in God. Because listen, this isn't about a preacher or a pastor. This is about a people that said, this is my home. You made this happen. You. All the changes that you see around here, you made that happen. The differences, the the impact. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here just because this might be one of the things that you hear next week. But I was talking to a fella last weekend. He was working on the weekend with us and, and giving us a hand. And he said, you know, we just have been here for a couple weeks now. He said, we went to a bigger church. And he said, my daughter, which was I think four, she hated it. She hated the children's ministry. Every Saturday night, she got into a panic because she didn't want to go to church. It was so bad to where mom said, I'll just keep her out with me. They came to church here. She said, well, we'll give it a try and we'll see how it goes. And as an apprehensive mom, she's like, okay, this has been the pattern. What's going to happen now? The little girl got into kids' ministry. And she loved it. And then her dad said this. He said, she has learned more here in the last few weeks than she did all the time that we were over there. That's because of you. A little four-year-old girl that had a bad experience at church came to a place and found life-giving love in a practical way that made the difference. Let's celebrate next week like it's 1999. Are we past that already? All right. All right. Amen. Let's stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning and we thank you that you are so faithful. We thank you that you are a good, good father. That's who you are. God, we choose to put ourselves in remembrance for your faithfulness. God, you are not up in the throne bringing down judgment and condemnation. God, you are bringing about adjustments to cause us to come up higher and live by faith. For you truly want us to have success in this life. God, we thank you for this place that you brought us to. And you brought us together as a people. And so God, we thank you that the best is yet to come. And that means our best, individually, is to come. This year is going to turn out and, and, and finish out better than any year present and we give you all the thanks and all the praise in Jesus name and we all said
Amen. Can we just worship one last time as we finish? Take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.